for Beirut Madinati, I mean, we went to a few of their meetings. Mm. And the early stages. Yeah. And the early stages and then in their open house uh, meetings later on, April. Badaro, yeah. The way I saw it was like, they were very similar to those uh, politicians that we see in the parliament. Mm. I mean, they have a very similar behavior. Yes, they do ask you for like joining them in their open house, okay. but do they really listen? They don't. Mm. Uh, we tried asking them questions and they were, no. They're rather defensive. They're rather very defensive. Uh, even the people who, like not all of them, but some volunteers of, uh, of theirs were kind of violent the way they spoke to uh, the people who were asking questions. They were not open to criticism, I know. They were not open to criticism at all. They would say that, hey, we want to hear from you, but they don't really listen to you. Uh, okay. They don't really take what you say into consideration. They, uh, on the contrary, they attack you, like mm. verbally. Mm. Yeah, so, and of course, some, I mean, something, in my opinion, that reveals how democratic you truly are is, your, is, is the process of organizing within your own spaces, mm. is your form of decorum, mm. Mm. you know? Mm. The open house, in theory, is supposed to be people asking questions, Candidates answering the questions, boom, 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 boom. Right. It's, it's, it's supposed to be like a conversation. Right. And not volunteers being defensive and right. telling right. this person to shut up Basically, because he doesn't have the right to ask or something. Right. Basically what happened was, in those, I think there were two hours, at least between an hour and two hours. Okay? okay. I know it's a white guy, but basically. Okay, fine. There were, I think, three questions from people outside, including our question. Okay. And the rest of the people who spoke were volunteers or staff members okay. who raised their hands and were asked to be put on the list as questions. And they, they wouldn't ask a question. The question answered the question mark. They said statements in response to them. So they were speaking to each other. Right. Exactly. And one of the questions came from, and I'll never forget it. I mean, you can tell by the way he explained things, he had some very problematic politics. But his concern was very legitimate. He was talking about how, and he's, a, he's, a, he's an older guy and he lives abroad. Okay. And he said, I understand that you have lots of interesting reforms and he like a lot of paper with notes he's like i read your entire program Perfect. and i looked he goes he goes i think it's great what you're doing with the infrastructure we need infrastructure to be fixed but your constituency has a lot of people who live outside of beirut who live in aramun mm -hmm. and 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 he's saying those people will not vote or give a shit about Purely infrastructure because they will not benefit it. Exactly. So what? What are you? How are you going to convince these people to drive down to Beirut and vote? And vote for you. These people, yeah. I don't have health issues. Don't have anything. You know. And this guy was shut down. And he was shut down. Really? Oh no! <laughs> yeah, he was yelled at. And he was yelled at. And, oh no! Yeah, yeah. That was just a legit question. Yeah, like by by volunteers. And there was even a woman who 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 didn't seem to be affiliated with him whatsoever. Who was up saying like. What kind of a meeting is this? Like, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna leave. leave. Yeah. I'm gonna leave if you're not gonna let the oh, guy no. ask this question. He goes, you ask a question, you don't answer. You start criticizing. Him. I'm gonna leave, and then they're like, no, bro, please sit down. And she looked like she was going to break down, like she felt sorry for this guy. Oh my God. And yeah. even, even though this guy seemed like very, very old fashioned and old school and very conservative, but it was a legit question. That's a legit question. It's yeah. a legit question. I mean, he left Beirut because Beirut wasn't offering him or right. his kids anything. Right. Yeah. So he had to leave his home to go abroad and do something for his life. Do something to put food on the table. When I'm asked as hello, instead of not caring or just subscribing to the system, he said, I'm going to take the time, instead of having fun with my family, Beirut, to go to this meeting and just ask people a question. Right. And I thought it was great. Yeah. Because most of the questions are kind of saying like, you know, 
كيف بتزفت الطريق ما بعرف يعني ورا فيني لايك فيري فيري بيسك كويستشنز ذات دونت ذات ارنت كريتيكال ذاتس ان ديموكراتيك ذا واي ذي شوت هيم اب اند ذاتس ا فيري ليجيت كويستشن اكشلي ذاتس ذا بوينت ذاتس ذا بوينت اوف اتراكتينج فوتر بيكوز ا لوت اوف بيبل ار ديسهارتند باي ذا بوليتكس اوف ايكونومكس اوف حريري ذات بوش ذيم اوت سايد رايت اند اتس نوت اند اتس نوت ذات وكمان اي مين اتس سوتش ان امبورتنت يو نو Even if you look at all the apolitical forms of satire and all mm. these things towards Lebanese mm. politicians, mm. they make fun because all they say, "Eh, we're like a tari and we're going to turn on electricity for you." So what's my real idea doing different? It's just because their new faces are doing the same thing, and because they have a, a more modern digital presence on social media and everything. So how does this show true change? You know exactly. what I mean? How does this show that you guys are trying to change things completely? Right. There was nothing about security, nothing about healthcare. Okay. I mean, these are the things that people care about. I mean, it's great if you have more public spaces. That's really cool, but that's not going to affect my life very directly. And what we notice is that uh, a the Beirut municip- municipality has a huge budget. Yeah. And yeah. B, the the programs that Beirut Madinati or let's say the civil society were projecting. Um, through this budget was really projecting concerns of a certain type of people exactly mm-hmm. and this is considering that the municipality has an annual budget of 250 million dollars that's a lot of money for a small city a lot of money. and they currently have i believe 1.1 billion dollars sitting in their treasury which has been spe- hasn't been spent and can be spent whenever they want to so sitting there it's right? and so yeah. and the thing is that i don't doubt that these people have good intentions of course at least most of them but The fact that they have, they, they they genuinely believe that this is the problems that can really make Beirut a much better place, to a greater extent, shows the bubble that they're in. Mm. It shows that there's a clear class divide. Mm. Absolutely. And the fact I know, and I know they have, I know, I know they have um, Najib Adik, who is the head of one of the fishermen syndicates or unions right. on there, but they did not make a video for him. He did not make any major public. They advertise him a lot as the poor person. Yeah, so he was just a token. It's like a token, just like Nadine Labaki was used as a token. Right, but like, but it feels like they fetishize the the poverty of this person. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it doesn't really, and it's not really a fair representation of their of their of the campaign of their campaign, and. I think that it's remarkable that they had lots of volunteers, that they managed to win lots of support, and they tried to do this, but. With all the donations they received, all the support they received, mm. I really think that they really, I don't know, it upsets me that they refused to go deeper than they did, especially knowing Jad Shaban, one of their main program manager, who knows the economic corruption in Lebanon by the exactly. bone. And during the Talat al-Hitkum protests, his, you'd go see him talk at AB, for example, and he would name things to the scent of how much money was stolen. He did, he did fantastic research. Okay. So, so I can imagine, I mean, I would, I mean, I would expect him to say something like, well, we have all this money, we can definitely go further than that, you know? And I think that it would have been much more modest and more respectable if they didn't say we're going to pledge to this because they know they can't. Mm-hmm. They can't fix the housing issue in six years. They have a huge obstacle. True. Maybe they can pressure them with they protests. They can say we're going to try, but you can't just try. say, hey, we are pledging to fix this. It means we are pledging that in these six years, the housing problem will be solved. That everybody chance. will have... <laughs> a chance to live wherever they want. Right. So that's that's insane. Like you can't do that. And something that really shows also the limitations of their class consciousness. Mm. And I don't say this as like, you know, oh they must be like Marxists, but I mean I say that the class just being like understanding of your constituency. Mm-hmm. 
to have they have to be class conscious just to understand that your society is not all rich bubble, or, yeah, or well, well off people. The bubbles between you know, Jamaisi downtown and Hamra or Badal or whatever. They're very exactly. similar they're, bubbles. Most of the Beirutis they don't live in Beirut anymore. True. Like seventy percent live True. in Bshemun and Aramun and the suburbs yeah. and Burj Hamoud. So did you actually go and talk to these people? They didn't. They didn't. My aunt lives in Bshemun. She's never heard of them. Uh, other people live in uh, even in the poorest areas of Beirut, like Khanda or Dari Jdide. They've never heard of these people before, exactly. yeah. and that's because they focused a lot on Jamaizin, and Badaru, and okay. and downtown. And so they appeal to each other. They appeal. For they appeal. The it's like they're they're yeah, preaching they're in, to the yeah, choir. Exactly. You know, uh, all the AUB and LAU and like college students, they want nicer streets and bike lanes uh, and parks and all of that. That's really cool. And that makes Beirut beautiful, picturesque. But it's different Instagram for a guy friendly, But we don't want that. It's not the same for families. It's not the same for people who have to pay tuition. The elderly who are retired. Mm. The sick. Mm. I would just like to go back, if that's okay, to the um, to their program and how they pledge and whatnot. Yes, please do. You know, we remember when they were talking about it and people were saying, you know... Do you really think you can, you can do all of this in the next six years, six years? They said, no, but we hope that we get off to a start with it. Then hopefully the next municipality will continue with it. Okay, so why not address security? Why not address health care? Other significant problems which can, be, which can be kicked off in the first mm, six years and mm, continued. Mm, mm, mm. So this to me doesn't really show that they're trying to be as realistic as possible. It just shows that this is, their, this is the extent of the problems they might be exposed to. Or perhaps what what you know what I mean, and I mean this. I mean this is a problem when your 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 founding group are academics in AUB, mm-hmm. right? I mean I don't think that it's wrong for academics to be involved. There are lots of very good people who, have, ac- who have academic. I mean, Yanis Varoukakis is a professor. Pablo Iglesias from Podemos is a professor. There is a role, but but at the same time, if you look at the way these protest parties organized, they did lots of door to door stuff, and they just talked to everybody. In person. It wasn't mm-hmm. just social media stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, it's unfair to make parallels between like Beirut and Podemos, but looking, looking at them as a protest party based on some society mm-hmm. and how doing these grassroots kind of organizing. Mm-hmm. They didn't do any of that. And it's okay to think big. It's okay to look at the bigger picture and say we're going to kick this off. And, and Beirut they, is not massive yet. It's not no, Madrid. No, no, they absolutely had the time to go to Pshemun, for example, exactly. because Pshemun yeah. is like mostly people who live or in Aramun, or Aramun. It's mostly people who used to live in Beirut before. And they are very small towns. I mean, if you go to one building, it has like, I don't know, like 10 families. Right. Or something. Yeah, exactly. right, of course. Right? And there are so much resentment with this uh, vo- voters out there yeah. against Hariri and against the politics that put they them out so there. They are so disillusioned. They, they're not going to like take the time to come down to Beirut to vote just because... Exactly, because they are disillusioned with the whole system. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, granted, the Beirutina had an event. They, they had different open house events at certain places, like in cafes and whatever people can help. Excuse me. They were supposed to have one of Tariq Diri, but they weren't allowed to go in. Of course, I'm sure it's because that's of, what we heard. That they, we weren't heard. they weren't allowed. They weren't allowed to go I, in. I highly doubt it. I, I want to touch on this one. Yeah. The place they actually decided to hold a meeting in Tariq Diri. Well, actually, one of the nicer areas, wasn't it? It's called Ahwat Bohan. Yeah. This place still has like maybe five, eighty years old. The youth oh, of Tariq Diri oh. don't go to this cafe. This is a bygone era cafe. Wow. The youth of Tariq Didi, they hang out in different and in internet yeah. uh, cafes uh, yeah. and argile shops on the corners and cafes yeah. like that. But they don't go to Ahwet Duran as a historical thing. Yeah. And that shows and that showed me personally that these guys don't really know the reality of, of the place mm-hmm. they are Absolutely. trying to target. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that from what from what you were saying is that 
they, 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 they didn't have an outreach to the constituency that mm. they're supposed to appeal to. Absolutely. They have... Uh, they went to Harsh uh, Beirut and they said that people from Tariq Jdidi can join us there just because maybe it's geographically proximal. But Harsh Beirut is problematic because eh. not everyone can get can, in exactly. uh, only on weekends or whatever. Only on Saturday from 10 to 4, I believe, yeah. 10 to 6. Or if you're white on Mondays. If you're a visiting diplomat or politician, you can go for a little stroll yeah. there and smell some yeah. of garbage, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. And of course, they didn't take into consideration that a lot of people work on Saturdays from the poorer areas. If they're younger, they might be working on weekends when they don't have to go to school. And some people, they work seven days a week here. What in about the social significance of the place too, to the people they mm-hmm. want True. to bring that? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I can, I, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking of like, you know, imagine saying, yeah, we want to talk about your area, but meet us in this area. Like, <laughs> this makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, can you imagine, like, for example, Bernie Sanders campaigning, California is telling people from Oregon, hey, Tablik, uh, meet us in LA and we'll talk about Oregon there. Then Omali is going Oregon and we'll be like, Muffy, Muffy nightclub. You know, like. I wonder what they're doing with their money, a lot, the money they raised. Because right now they, they said. They were giving salaries to each other as well. I, saw I, some I read that, that $52,000 were given out for salaries. But we don't know who's. We don't know. We, we I don't thought know it was all based on volunteers. That's why I thought too. Me too. Now, I, I asked them on Twitter. Said. As I'm Twitter, I'll tell you what they responded to me. If you give me a moment, you guys can continue and I'll get back to you. They told me, they basically like redirected me to somebody else, which is very weird. Uh, someone, I saw a friend of mine uh, posting on Facebook uh, their, uh, their financial report mm-hmm. and that they were giving uh, $2,400 salaries for the people working in the campaign. Oh. Wow, amazing. I should apply. I know. Such a well paid job. Yeah, yes, basically, that's what they told me. They told, I, I told them, you're spending this percentage of your money. It's a lot of money on um, staff expenses. Mm-hmm. What are the staff expenses? They mm-hmm. sent me a direct message on Twitter saying, Hello, Karine, the reply is too long for the limited characters on Twitter. The category under staff expenses includes an estimate of the value of person hours donated by persons working with the campaign over and above their volunteer time. And these are over overtime fees. They didn't specify what's overtime, right? right. So are they doing it based on an eight-hour, nine-to-five thing? Right. I'm not. Actually, if... volunteer hours are right. right. I really need if, some money. That's against the concept of volunteer. Exactly. You know, this covers, for instance, the in-kind service contribution of our IT developers as they helped us build a massive IT and technology infrastructure. But doesn't in-kind mean free? Yeah, in- in-kind basically means that you're donating physical items, right? right. It means like, for example, yeah. I'm giving you a laptop, I'm giving you a modem, I'm right. giving you a printer, a right. scanner, right. a camera. And they said, for more information, please don't hesitate us to text us on our Facebook page or on or email us on uh, social at bitterbendine.com. So, I, I, really, I really think, I mean, this was back in, uh, in early May. But and I he really asked this in public and they decided to re- respond reply. in private. Yeah. Oh, said, you asked this in public? Yeah. And, yeah. They, and they said, they said, because there are too many, they're limited characters, but you know, I'm sure they've heard of people responding in multiple tweets. Right. It's just, you can, they can send you an email and you can have that on an email or something. Or they can like take a screenshot of their answer and just exactly. post it yeah. as a picture yeah. on Twitter. It, exactly. So this made me kind of skeptical to, to be completely honest, especially because their marketing campaign has lots of very technologically liter- literate people. I mean, this was all... Yeah. The volunteers are all people who have history in working in digital marketing and communication. I mean, there were some people who were like architects and they worked in different fields. Mm. But a lot of volunteers were people who worked in marketing and communication. Mm. These people know their social media. Mm. They aren't just people who are learning. You know, they're, they're actually really good at what they do um, in terms of understanding the, the Twitter, uh, Twitter and Facebook and, and using social media to the max. So we were very mm, phased out by that. Um, well, this is, I want to address this, but before that, I want to ask... Uh, 
if you want to uh, entertain the argument of reform uh, and change from inside the system, we could say that uh, the low turnout for voters showed a political vacuum that could have been captured by the opposition, uh, whether Beirut Matinati or Muatinun and Muatinat. Why do you think they failed to appeal uh, to people outside their own bubbles? And, and here I'm asking, do you think it is uh, the fact that they don't have an outreach to people outside their bubbles? They are not willing to go down on the street and actually do door-to-door campaigning? Or is it because they, they are alienated? They alienate themselves because they keep in the same bubble. Mm. They could have easily gone to Pshemun and Aramun because it takes you 20 minutes to get from Beirut to these areas. Right. Very easy. You could do it over a weekend, go to uh, Mukhtar and organize like a small town hall mm-hmm. and tell people about it. I don't know why they didn't, they didn't do that. It was clear from the very beginning that they're not, they don't have class consciousness. It was always that okay. they're preaching to the choir, uh, talking about all sorts of things that the poorer communities really don't care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is a new uh, street light going to put food on my table? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if they were um, purposely alienating themselves, but they were definitely alienating themselves. Okay. Uh, I ask this because I did my own investigation as well, and in areas like Tarijdid, which is in Beirut, uh, the youth are completely disillusioned with Hariri. They are actually resentful about the politics of Hariri, mm-hmm. unemployed on the street. Um, and, and when they, they asked, type, what's the alternative? You know, they are so depressed about the political Absolutely. reality. Mm-hmm. And when I said, what about Beirut Madinati? And they're like, who? They didn't hear about it. It's not that they heard about it, but they didn't understand who these people are. They just didn't hear about it at all. The name did not mm-hmm. ring any bell. Yeah, and I mean, and, and, and the weird thing is that um, it's clear that it's not that people don't want to vote because they don't want something where to vote. It's not that they're enjoying the system. They want something new, mm. but they... But you can't expect them to vote for you if you don't approach them. Exactly. If you don't approach them, you don't give a shit about them. And I think in Muatin Muatinat's campaign, they did, if you look at the way they spoke and the way they talked about it, so they did try and address these issues. Okay. But I think, so, and, I, and this might be with the overall strategy, because they had the smaller team and then they decided to run different campaigns in different okay. areas. Okay. For example, because they ran, uh, they did, they did the Baalbek and they did other areas. Like they had okay. different campaigns okay. i think what it did is that it really stretched their resources a bit too thin okay like for example they had a really cool idea of getting this bus they rented a bus stuck their logos on it and they did a tour where they stopped in different areas and they we talked speak about, about and yeah yeah where the candidates got on this bus and they went to different areas in beirut and they and they talked about different areas different issues regarding these areas okay interesting but i think that if they really if they focus maybe on doing two municipalities right. including beirut right. they could do more intense things right. also different is that Beruf Madinati initially wanted to run um, half a slate, like half, half, a, half a slate. So yeah, 16, 16 out of 24. 16 out of 24 candidates. Okay. But then they decided to, to run a full slate. Why, why do you think they made that decision? I think it's because... I we think asked them. We asked them, yeah. why, did, why, did, why didn't you have uh, empty seats for other people to run with you? And they said that they, we don't believe that uh, the other independents yeah. are, uh, uh, are not political. Even or not like... not. Polit- political affiliate. Like, like they claim, okay. like basically what happens is that Beirut Dainty says that 
you know, we're independent. We do not deny that we might, that some of us might have had affiliations in the past. But before joining Beirut Madinati, they've had to let go of these affiliations. Like, which I mean, which, 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 I, assume, which, which I assume means resigning from, from the party. From the political right. parties. And I think with Muatinu Muatinati, you don't have to precisely. Okay. However, and this is, I, I would like, I, I, I'll say this, but it's going to be completely, I, don't, I can't give names or anything like that. When speaking to some members of Motin and Motinat, they, they, they have been open about saying that, like, I left X. Right, I right, left right, Y. Right, right, right. Which I can respect more than saying I'm not affiliated with X, but not mention that they were once. Right. It has a more of a political inclination mm. leaving. Because mm. I think it's very inspirational to younger people mm. who don't feel like there's any hope. Exactly. Mm, mm. exactly. But also this eight political yeah. uh, rhetoric—it's—it's it's just not right. If you want to do some, if you want to do political uh, activity in this country, you can't just say, "Hey, I'm not political." You have to have a political ideology. No, no, but, I, but so weird, yeah. Yeah, no, but uh, I don't mean that. I mean like. No, I, 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 I got you. Yeah, affiliated no, with no, a political party. But yeah. like people in Beirut Madinati, they said we are not political, and and that's what contradicted. And I mean, we have an ideology which shows that a technocratic slate. Mm. But the problem is that. Which we have to understand is that being a technocrat doesn't make you doesn't a really politician. Mean, and, right. does, and, and doesn't yeah exactly because like I mean suppose that they want somebody like to handle urban planning, somebody who's a who's an engineer in urban planning. But you could be a conservative urban planner because they've got to outsource these services exactly. to companies, or you could be a left wing or or, or socialist or, exactly. or a social democrat saying no, I think we should just hire more capable people right. using people's tax money to create this. To create this. Or you can be a new liberal who wants to privatize. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So and technocrat doesn't really exactly. It, yeah. And, and, and these are political statements. And the, you know, and the question is, what are you? And then when we asked that, they said, uh, the head of the slate, Ibrahim Naimne, said, well, there are many things that we could do. We could either have public-private uh, partnerships, uh, PPPs, or we could have, uh, or we can have keep them public and just maybe hire a public a staff for the municipality that could do their job well. And then he, you know, of course, they mentioned how they they didn't even hire any urban planners, which I think is a problem. Of course, you need to hire urban planners for your city municipality. That's very legit. Or we could privatize it. I'm thinking, oh come on, like Suclean, Liban Post, Suclean alone, the, the whole <laughs> Suclean alone. You had, I mean, when you have some of the like neoliberals saying things, neoliberal mainstream saying, hey, we need to return the funds to the municipality. I'm thinking, okay, that's a sign. That we should not be privatizing our services, at least the way we have been. You know what I mean? Like the Suclean thing is, is a failure. But here we are talking about privatizing it. And then, so what does this mean? Are they saying that, you know, we really want change or just want uh, to, to color within the lines a bit differently? Mm, mm. And that's very problematic mm, because mm. they are tainting the nature of the protest. Maybe the protest wasn't this left-wing Marxist thing that some people might have hoped for, right. right? But what we gathered, going to the protests every day, that people did not want privatized waste collection, mm. and they wanted the way public services to remain public in the hands of municipalities where they could be held accountable. And that was, yeah, that was yes. very... Whether, they did it, whether it was a liberal, whether it was a set, whether it was apolitical, right. this is what they wanted, and this makes a massive statement, and it's a good statement, right? right? And we have to respect the will of the people. We have to respect oh, the end of the day. This is something that everybody agreed on, whether you were a hipster from Midriwen or, a, or, or, or somebody very poor from Khandal right. I mean, they And that makes sense. They, that people people that don't feel like they're part of the democratic process. Right, right. I wanted to say something about the outreach uh, about yeah. Beirut Madinati, which I, which I just uh, remembered. 
uh, it's that last week before the elections, they did one-on-one outreach. So they got some volunteers wearing these vests and going to the streets. And I knew two of these volunteers, and both of them told me that out of 10 people, one person was from Beirut. And, oh. and, and uh, like they went to the Corniche, and they went to uh, downtown, downtown and... Um, they went to these pubs, and they, they also went to uh, just my club uh, that they do, like, um, Grand Factory. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, this is a sign that most people who live in Beirut are not from Beirut, and they can't vote. Uh-huh. So, they tried to do one-on-one, but they didn't do it in the right place. Right. But that's the thing about the electoral system that's as these, well. That's about the law as well. Exactly. Yeah. They so, didn't seem to challenge that. They no, wanted they didn't. to work within. Yeah. And I wonder why they didn't say that if we win, really we, we pledge to start working on a new electoral law, which represents, which is like actually doable. Yeah, hey, to do some advocacy work. Exactly. It's really important. Yeah. Exactly. They, yeah, and basically there were no, there was no evidence that they want to truly restructure the, the system. I Nothing that about the they, law. They yeah. used the system actually in yeah. their campaigning in the sense that they appealed to the sectarian uh, populations of, yeah. of Beirut who claim that Beirut is for them. But like you said, Beirut, in Beirut, a lot of people live in Beirut that are not from Beirut. The majority of yeah. people actually who live in Beirut. And, I, and I, I'm sure that they cannot be convinced that 80%, that missing 80% are floating around the diaspora. That is impossible. No, 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 no. Of course not. You know, we could have it. You know, that's impossible. And unfortunately, some, of, some people uh, responded to this loss in a very sectarian way, in a very classic way, saying, yes. hold this beleta batari ijdidi, you know, give sawta al hariri. You know, it's a shaming culture, basically. Yeah. It, it's a shaming culture, and like, you know, a, a very classist, uh, really, really classist and the, and condescending. The, the statuses I read on Facebook the second day after the elections, I was like, I have to say something about it. I was like, Yeah, please. It was so disgusting seeing all these things written about people. It was terrible people. because it was shaming people for their poverty. It yeah. wasn't understanding yeah. of the fact that if Maybe someone got paid $200 for a vote or whatever, so they, they can afford rent or they can afford half a month of rent for some people. Absolutely. It makes a big difference. And maybe, and maybe your outreach strategy was why they didn't vote for you. Maybe you didn't reach out to them. Maybe they never heard mm. of you. Exactly. Yeah. Right? There's that factor as well. There was zero self-reflection on Beirut, Madinah, and Hawaii. Look, we didn't expect them to win. And to get 40% of the votes is pretty good. True. But that's right? 40% out of 20%. 20%. Right? So they can say, what can we do next? Exactly. The first thing is they start to throw a party. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. They had three parties celebrating yeah, the, the failure. That was amazing, really. Now, no, if anything, Good this should be... And the thing is that they should be motivating. Wow, under such, under such short notice, we're able to get this amount of votes, this amount of money and support. How can we build We should get, get to How work right now and build the next on level? It. Yeah. And now they disappear. Now they're getting suggestions on what we should do next. There was also they spoke about they spoke about fraud, uh, yeah. about uh, uh, election uh, fixing, which uh, which is which is important. But they didn't. But they didn't do that. anything about it. They didn't. Why did they sue? Did they sue them? No. No. They can easily get legal experts with their money that they have and sue, and they can make a big deal out of this. They Just like any political party would have done in the in another country, you know. If they didn't, they didn't uh, apply for the, what's it called? Ta'an. Ta'an. They didn't apply for that. Mm. Yeah, they didn't. 
And they, 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 I mean, I wonder why they had a massive uh, outcry uh, on the night of election uh, results mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the fraud, about how, how, how they were cheated. Uh, they were shocked by But that, that happens every single election. Exactly. That wasn't unusual. <laughs> That's what Lebanon is. That's yeah. what happens in Lebanon. But the idea that this is civil society and this is the new era of accountability and whatever, why don't you just sue them? Yeah. You know? And but, like, yeah. That was that was interesting that they didn't take it to the next level after the elections. Yeah, finished. and if anything, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I really don't know how I was. I mean, but if but if I was part of a political movement or a political party, the first thing I would do is I would try and um, expose the frauds, take legal action, and I'm and 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 of course easier said than done. But if I was in their shoes, I would spend. I wouldn't just wait until the next for next six years doing nothing. I would use the money. Properly, I used to I, I I used to create pressure. At least call for a protest. Call for yeah, protest. Yeah. Strike, exactly. saying you know. Strike. I thought we were gonna go to a protest the second day. Yeah, me too. Me I too. thought there's I gonna was like, be a protest. People are gonna start protesting <laughs> yes. against like let's have a recount. Let's let's have let's have votes again. Let's hold them accountable. But nothing happened. Only and even with all the photos, all the videos that showed people violating the Lebanese Society for Democratic Elections, a very neutral kind of NGO right, right. over what, what was it almost like 500 460 between 460 and 500 cases wow. reported cases of fraud wow. in ba- it, like, Jesus staggering amount yeah. of evidence but yet yeah, they, did, did, they didn't, didn't decide to challenge the system and this is what made me even more suspicious mm. that yeah. the change that they are pushing for is a very uh, limited scope of change and why play and, and I think they really tried to play it safe why play it safe when you can ride on the wave of this angry, motivated youth. There's nothing to lose. There's especially, nothing to lose. Especially on the second day where people went uh, to Hariri offices to get paid for their votes and their services and they were not paid and they were treated condescendingly. Yeah. Came yeah. out with guns against them. Yeah. They didn't even capture that spirit too. Uh, yeah. What they did is they actually shamed them. They this shamed what happened them. when you sell yourself. Exactly. You deserve this. Call, call them sheep. Call them I mean, sheep. I mean, these people would not humiliate themselves for $100 no, dollars no just because... Just they want the just it. for the fun of it. No. no, if they didn't need it, they wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. For 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 you, it's a hundred bucks is not going to do anything. It it's might nothing. be what you spend on a Saturday night or something. Exactly, you know? but for them, it can feed them for a week. It, yeah, the, and and we saw on the camera when when people showed the social media films, the, and the kind of people that were there, you can tell as the most wretched people. There was yeah. seventy years old women. Exactly. Who dragged themselves there and just asking for the money that they were promised with, and, yeah. and just to shame this type of people is to to be in complete disconnection of the reality they Absolutely. they claimed they want to change. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these are people who are the most vulnerable. And these people are not a minority. They're not. No, the city. this is the majority. Exactly. Yeah. This is the majority, voters. and they are part of the eighty percent. Exactly, they are the eighty percent. Anyway, and, I am. And and, and and this is what's called. A, Close, I mean, before we move on, the saddest part is that if they just took a 20-minute drive, knocked on their door, and said, Hi, this can, is... can we just have a little conversation? I want to know about what bothers you, what change yeah. would you like? Yeah. You know, I understand it's a very difficult... Let's have a conversation. They would be more than happy to talk about it. Mm. And there's and it, so much resentment people outside Beirut. Mm. They exactly. feel like they're alienated, their exactly. life has changed massively. Absolutely. But if they just tried, and be, we're good listeners, and listened to them, and took what they had to say into consideration... It would be a very different story. Yeah, I think they 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 banked a lot on social media, uh, the appeal of social media, which we know uh, it's social media is a bubble so in limited. itself, it's especially so in Lebanon, where internet penetration is exactly. low. Exactly. 
of course, I mean... Not everybody has access, really. No. We'd like to think so, but it's not the case. Or at least not to the extent of what's considered the norm in other places. And within social media in Lebanon, there's bubbles as well. And so Absolutely. certain people who know each other follow each other or they are yeah. friends with each yeah. other. And, and so, yeah. <sighs> but, uh, did you guys, do Beirut syndrome think that we witnessed um, a, a one form of neoliberal capitalism vying against the established mafioso, crude capitalism, uh, and both were trying to win uh, the money-making uh, uh, sector. That is the only sector in Lebanon, the service sector. It seemed that uh, there is a new generation uh, of neoliberal ideas, uh, and they have a vision of like shiny vision, Starbucks type of capitalism for the, uh, the service sector mm -hmm. that they were vying against. And there's the mafioso politicians who felt threatened by that Precisely by that, by by the source of uh, of theft or, or the so source of money that they they usually cap uh, mm -hmm. hijack, um, and and especially that we saw that this youth had a sort of uh, minimal but uh, existing support from embassies and from from European countries and from America and mm -hmm. so on, wanting like new political blood in the Lebanese government and so on. Mm. Um, what do you think about that? I would say yes, because when we asked one of the uh, candidates on how would they go about uh, executing their plans, he said that we can either do it ourselves or hire someone or actually privatize it. But, so privatizing it means we are going to be open to, open to uh, competition with the existing system. Mm. Yeah, who will mm. bid for the service mm. the highest mm. and how, you know, um, I, I, told, I completely agree, and I can say this as someone, as a former business writer, that there is a trend among the youth to promote these very, like, Starbucks-y, tech -y kind of startups. And in Lebanon's particular case, it has to do with challenging the corrupt mafia. But the problem, they don't, they don't, they don't call it a business class, they call it a, the, the, they, they believe it's part of the public sector. It's like... Trendy entrepreneurship. Yeah, they have this Facebook right. page called uh, right. uh, Entrepreneurs for Beirut, Medina okay. uh, like a, a form of Silicon Valley, let's say. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and we saw a lot of like uh, enterprises or, or okay. companies okay. Uh, openly saying on Twitter and on Facebook, okay. we support Beirut, Medina Go and vote oh, for so Beirut. There was support from, there was support yeah, from okay. several, several. From the younger uh, entrepreneurs from the okay. more modern tech, you know, Silicon Valley kind of inspired. Right. Not only individuals, but, but their, their enterprises. enterprises. Like oh, they, wow. okay. because, they, because they own them, so they can say we endorse them openly. Right, right, right. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. And so. And to me, the problem is that, one, it doesn't reflect the issue of Lebanon. Lebanon, the pro I mean, Lebanon does have a private sector that is very powerful, and it's corrupt, and it's linked to the government. And it creates this mafia which runs both sectors, right, that right. monopolizes both right, sectors, right? right? There is, the government is not a separate entity which taxes the private sector, holds them accountable, and can sue them if they violate, if they, if they, if they avoid their taxes and everything, right? The new rising class of entrepreneurs across the region have believe have zero faith in the government they believe in privatization small governments mm. yeah very small governments they believe in the private sector being growth tax breaks for small to medium enterprises they don't they're not very open about the the corporation but they believe in things like you know um, you know you know you know corporations should spend some money to help keep it on they believe in this constant form of competition mm. and, and whatever now if you know the fact, you know if they believe in 
transparency and following the law and whatever, that's a good thing, but it doesn't represent the bigger picture. Right. And the bigger issue for me, at least regarding the issue of Lebanon, is that the problem of Lebanon is not that there's a corrupt government. It is a problem there's a corrupt government. But there are links to the private sector which aren't being discussed. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's the fact that Supreme is a private company. It's a corporation. We have other privatized corporations. We have massive banks here which have affiliations with... The telecommunications. The telecommunications. telecommunications the, ma- the major banks. We have lots of businesses. I mean... If you look at Panama Papers, for example, yeah, exactly. we were looking at the exactly. at, at these enterprises and exactly. holdings and exactly. mobile shoes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these are huge companies that are so full of corruption. Mm-hmm. Yet Lebanon and, is such a and poor they, country. And exactly, they are they are part of the system, part yeah. of the elitist system. Exist, yeah. And let us not forget that these corporations are owned by politicians or relatives of politicians. politicians. Exactly. I mean, who are not technically politicians. So it's just when you have it, it, it has to do with. A feudal system, which has has a facade of a typical government with a parliament and and two different sectors, and they've taken it over. It's not that everything is public. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, there is a problem within the private sector. And people need to know that. People need to understand that it's not, that the solution isn't simply privatization or modern businesses. Of course not. You know? Um, We need stronger public institutions. We need to, 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 to make the state a more stronger entity yeah. so that we can not, to everyone. Yeah, and not an oppressive entity like we've seen in some other countries no, in the region. No, of course region. not. Absolutely but, not. But we have, to make sh- we have to allow things to be done by the state for our freedom, right? At the right. end of the day. Because we've seen what happens with Suklin. When Suklin handles the garbage and we don't exactly. like it, what do they do? Exactly. If you don't... You know, I mean, they left the garbage in the street. Yeah, but look, no, but not just that. I mean, look what happened. I mean, the people in, um, in Nami... When they wanted to block the Suklin truck from coming in, what did Suklin do? They got a military escort mm-hmm. and they forced them to leave so they can dump the garbage there. And this is a private company. And yeah. who's the military ex- uh, escort, escort uh, uh, protected by? The Ministry of Interior. Yeah, of course. So, of course. So, and the problem, They're working hand in hand. Yeah, but if the, the waste collection management was part of the, municipal, of the local municipal budget, people could say, hey man, you know, I pay your salary, and I might be uh, not voting for you next time. I might be paying your taxes. I might not be going to work. I, I can choke you on the municipal level mm. and make you regret what you do if you dump another ounce of trash in my backyard. 